Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 92 of Excuse Me, That's a Wiener, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your boy Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with a period piece. I got a couple stories with that heavy flow. It's going to be a bloody good time. (laughs) Got to get those dirty puns out of the way as soon as possible. Mission accomplished, I would say. I think it's obvious why I'm excited for this episode, so we'll get into it momentarily. I actually saw a post over in the private Facebook group from a new listener named Amanda, and I wanted to share it with you guys because it made me laugh. She says, Absolutely adore this podcast. I only discovered it a few weeks ago, and I've been listening nonstop and in chronological order. Due to this fact, my two small daughters have heard the accompanying music with great regularity, although they don't listen to the episodes themselves. Those are just for me. And I overheard a heated argument taking place between them and the adjoining room. Primrose, who's six, was adamant that the lyrics say, Excuse me, that's a wiener. Whereas Hazel, aged five, is convinced it's, Excuse me, that's a weagle. Not sure what a weagle is. And Primrose delights in anything remotely rude. So we all sing along with the wiener bit now. Thank you, Leroy. You bring much joy with everything you do. Ah, thanks, Amanda. You brought me great joy with that story. And Hazel and Primrose. Beautiful names, by the way. Where were you ladies when I was coming up with the names for the podcast? Both of them are very suitable substitutes. Love it. Okay, let's get a joke in, then move on with the show, shall we? It's obvious this is going to be a period joke, so put the earmuffs on the kids if they're still listening. They probably won't understand this one, but we don't want them repeating it out on the playground. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? Okay. What's the difference between menstrual blood and sand? You can't gargle sand. Alright everybody, hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a couple tales of low-level true crime. Don't worry my friends, I promise to get you back home before it's that time of the month.
episode number 92, Menstrual Monstrosities. I don't have any embarrassing personal stories about periods, so I was going to try and ask one of my podcast friends if they had one to contribute. Then I thought maybe that's a rude question, so I didn't bother. But I found a BuzzFeed article titled 21 Period Nightmares That Prove Periods Are the Absolute Worst. And I'm going to use one of those experiences instead. This one was written in by a lady that goes by the moniker of Poochie Llama. And she goes, I was visiting my boyfriend in Barbados, and we went for a ride on his motorcycle. I told him to find a place to stop so I could change my tampon. We stopped at a building a friend of his was renovating. Not only was my period full on like a faucet, but I had one of the worst period poops of my life. I tried to do a courtesy flush as the smell was getting worse in the hot Caribbean sun. It didn't flush. Panicked, I took the lid off the tank and realized there was no water in it. The water must have been shut off for the renovations. So, I went outside to tell my boyfriend I was good to go. I am horrified looking back, thinking about what his friend must have thought upon finding the unspeakable terror in that toilet. Our first story takes us to California, specifically the town of Apple Valley. Mmm, yummy. According to the site thecrazytourist.com, Apple Valley is a large town of about 70,000 people situated in the Victor Valley area of San Bernardino County. Once known for its sprawling apple orchards, which have since disappeared, the town is known for its beautiful scenery, central location, nice weather, and variation of things to see and do. Right on. Soon, it will also be known for a legendary dumbass known as the Maxipad Bandit. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's travel back to September 28th of 2015 and check out a store called Battery Mart, which is located at 21075 Bear Valley Road. Let me guess, this is called Bear Valley Road because it was once known for its sprawling bear population, which has since disappeared. Anyway, Battery Mart is still around today and has a 4.6 star average from 389 Google reviews. Jason had a positive experience just last year. Sergio did a great job. He saw what battery I needed, got a brand new one, and checked the voltage on the new battery. He also took my old battery in and out. Very quick. The price was about the same as Amazon. Plus my tax dollars stayed here in town, and I helped a small business. Wow, Jason. Give yourself a pat on the back, bro. Cecilia, just 10 months ago, however, had a negative experience. They are not honest. Called my brother a liar. After they said they would refund his money on a new battery, there were four witnesses, he took it in and the guy shamefully said he never said that and refused to return his money. Yes, he had a receipt. How do they sleep at night? We all heard him say they would refund it, yet he stood there and lied. I cannot believe it. If you are not honest, you can't expect your business to be blessed. Shame on you, Battery Mart. Shame on you. Okay, so some mixed reviews there. Regardless, let's soldier on. September 28th, 2015. It's a Monday evening around 6 p.m. A shady character pulls up to the Battery Mart in his sweet ride. 
I'm not much of a car guy, but for you gearheads out there, it's a rusted out 1992 Dodge Dynasty. White. And it's a fine looking automobile. The store hours on this day are 8am to 5pm, so it's closed. But that's not going to stop this guy. He peers into the windows and front door, scoping out the contents of the store. Seemingly satisfied with what he sees, he goes back to his vehicle for a couple minutes, then comes back out with a piece of wood. And what's that? A maxi pad on his head? Yeah, I think it is. The absorbent pad is covering his eyes, his forehead, almost his whole face. But if he tilts his head upwards a bit, the mystery man can still see. And if he gets a nosebleed, he's also covered, which is an added bonus. The man walks up to the storefront and smashes out the glass window with the large piece of lumber, gaining entry with ease. He can be seen on surveillance footage stumbling around the store, snagging multiple car batteries and flashlights. Besides the maxi pad, he doesn't do a very good job of disguising himself as he's sporting a black muscle shirt, which shows off an easily identifiable tattoo on his right arm. The man flees with the goods, leaving quite the crime scene. Police arrive on the scene uh, around 6.40pm, so about 45 minutes later. I'm not sure if someone called them because they saw the smashed front door, or if our guy tripped some type of alarm. Despite his brilliant disguise and getting in and out of there quickly, the cops have a lot to work with. See, what our boy didn't realize was, the Battery Mart had security cameras both inside and outside of their business. So, they got the vehicle on tape, they got him on camera, pre-disguise, surveying the scene, staring through windows and doors. Store owner Mark Waddell had to laugh at the situation. When he saw the footage and showed his employees, they immediately came up with the nickname for the robber. Mark Waddell quote, Right away, everybody started saying, We should call this guy the Maxipad Bandit. We had a pretty good picture of his face, because he came to the store for the first time and looked in the window without his Maxipad on. But when he came back and he had the Maxipad over his eyes, I guess he thought it was going to take care of everything. End quote. Police had a suspect in mind, a 51-year-old man by the name of Gary Victor. Gary, who was likely under the influence of some narcotics at the time of the break-in, had a criminal past, so they were already quite familiar with him. He had the same tatty, same build, pretty big guy, and same slicked back hair. Police got a search warrant and entered his home on Nambi Road on Tuesday morning. And they hit the jackpot in there, baby. All of the stolen merchandise was recovered. And as if all that evidence wasn't damning enough, they even located the maxi pad, which he so cleverly used as a disguise in the robbery. It was just chilling there on the floor. Unreal. Can't believe he didn't at least chuck that in the garbage. Maybe it was his lucky one. There was a bit of a debate as to whether or not that was really a maxi pad clinging to Gary's head when the public viewed the footage. So it was nice to get that confirmation. Police spokeswoman Trish Hill said, quote, It was surprising, but yes, that was in fact what he was trying to conceal his identity with. And he didn't do a very good job. End quote. Gary Victor was charged with burglary and possession of stolen property and booked into the High Desert Detention Center. It was also found out that Gary had been a bad boy earlier on September 28th, the day of the robbery. Turns out he carjacked a man who was washing his vehicle in his driveway. It was a black 1988 Mercedes. Gary approached the man and asked if he needed any help. <laughs> what was he going to do? Take off his muscle shirt, grab a sponge, and get all wet and soapy? 
rub his belly on the windshield? Paints quite the picture. Anyway, when the man refused his help, Gare just snatched the keys from him and took off with his ride. It was found later that day when he ditched it on Kiowa Road. I couldn't find out if Gary was convicted of these charges or what his punishment was. Guess it wasn't reported anywhere. I did, however, find more news on him. And it is not good, unfortunately. At least not for him. I'll read this straight from an article in the Fontana Herald News from December of 2021. It says, Another inmate who had been incarcerated at West Valley Detention Center has died according to the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. On December 2nd, Gary Allen Victor, a 57-year-old Apple Valley man, was transported to Arrowhead Regional Medical Center and later admitted into the ICU for multiple health problems, including COVID-19. His health gradually declined, and on December 13th, he was pronounced deceased, the Sheriff's Department said. Investigators from the Sheriff's Department specialized investigation detail responded to the hospital where they conducted interviews and collected medical records. The coroner's division will be conducting an autopsy. Yikes. So our guy Gary, likely in jail for some other criminal activity, as this was six years later, died while incarcerated from the corona, among other issues. This guy wasn't very strict in following the law, so I'm sure that spilled out into other parts of his life. Poor diet, drug issues, etc. Hey, we all die at some point. And while Gary Victor seemed like a bit of a nuisance, if I'm being honest, I'm still going to pour one out for our fallen homie. Rest in peace, Gary. R.I.P. Maybe it says Maxi Pad Bandit on his tombstone. That'd be cool. Although I'm sure that's not a nickname he was particularly fond of. There's more badass ones out there for sure. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, that was a fun one, but let's move on to story number two, and this one's bound to get messy, bloody messy. We're going to St. Petersburg, which is a city on Florida's Gulf Coast. In fact, it's part of the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, that's right. We are headed to Florida, because God forbid they keep their weirdo asses out of any of our episodes, right? Is St. Petersburg a safe place to live? Hell no. Our friends at NeighborhoodScout.com? Give it a 9 on the crime index, meaning it's only safer than 9% of U.S. cities. Chances of becoming a victim of a violent crime are 1 in 144 there, compared to 1 in 255 for the rest of Florida. With that being said, we're in St. Petersburg. The date is Monday, January 23rd. The year is 2017. There is a brawl happening out on the street. Now, I don't know any details about this street brawl, unfortunately. But one of the badasses involved is 28-year-old Takora Fields. Takora is, judging by her mugshot, someone you don't want to mess with. She's got those crazy eyes, and you just know she fights dirty. Police are called to the scene to break up the road rage stemming from this Monday night misunderstanding. And this is where things get wild. Army vet turned officer of the law, Andrew Souza, enters the picture to remedy the situation. And Takora, well, let's just say... She's not a big fan. 
I'm going to read a quote from the arrest affidavit, and I got to warn you, she uses some unladylike language, so don't shoot the messenger. Oh, and in this quote, Takora is known as the defendant. Okay, here goes. The defendant was a subject involved in a brawl involving several people. During the investigation, the defendant told the officer to suck her pussy and stated, I'll hit you with my tampon, bitch, in your mouth, end quote. Yep, we've made the switch from pads to tampons in this period piece. Takora is on her rag, I believe that is the medical term. Aunt Flo is over for a visit, and she ain't too happy. Takora is a woman of action. She talks the talk and walks the walk, because her next move is amazing. All class here. She unzips her pants, and she's seen struggling to pull an item from her vaginal region. Let's go back to that arrest affidavit, because maybe they can describe it a little more politely than I. The defendant was then seen with both her hands in her genital area, with her pants open. The defendant was then observed throwing a wet, white paper object at the officer, which struck the officer on the left shoulder. End quote. Ugh. She threw that dirty tampon. No doubt at his mouth. Thankfully, her aim was off, but she still managed to strike him with that sludge right in the shoulder. After this, Takora knew she messed up. She ain't waiting around for a reaction, so she takes off toward a nearby home. But she doesn't make it there. This part would be great in slow motion. Takora is hit with what is described as a successful taser deployment. Our girl, pants probably still unzipped, falls to the ground in a heap after Souza tases her ass. Love it. Takora is charged with aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer by use of a deadly weapon, a used tampon. That sounds a little extreme. I'd hardly call the tampon a deadly weapon, although we don't know if our girl has any sexually transmitted diseases. Like Gary Victor from our first story, R.I.P., Takora has a rap sheet both before and after this incident. She had previous arrests for disorderly conduct and disorderly intoxication. And I found an article from June of 2022. So five years later, Takora is now 33, a little older, but apparently not a little wiser. St. Petersburg police were notified of a 911 call from a woman stating that she had been kidnapped and was being held in a vehicle against her will. However, she hung up before giving any real useful information, such as her name, the kidnapper's name, or description, car description, approximate location, anything really. But the 911 dispatcher wasn't ready to give up on her. I mean, this sounds serious. So he called back, and he still couldn't get any useful information from her. That's okay, though, because he was able to get a ping off her cell phone. So they narrowed down the area, and while police are trying to figure out what's going on here, there's another 911 call. This is about 20 minutes later, and this call is coming in from a man who said the woman who made the previous calls, he identified her as Takora Fields, was in his car and wouldn't leave. She was also damaging the interior. Oh dear. Come on, Takora. Eventually, police were able to locate the vehicle, and it appeared as though the gentleman was telling the truth. Takora was yelling and screaming and refused to exit the vehicle. The vehicle she claimed she was being held in against her will. After a long back and forth with police, she finally exited the car without incident. Police said it was very obvious that this was some type of lover's quarrel. She was not kidnapped and was wasting their time and resources. Uh-huh. Takora was charged with calling in a false 911 call. Getting back to the story at hand, we gotta hear what the people have to say about this messy situation. 
and our best resource for that is always the Daily Mail comment section. They are the voices of reason. New York City Chick chimes in. Ugh, that's disgusting. Bottom of the barrel right here. It sounds crazy, but to be technical, it can be considered a deadly weapon if she is hepatitis B positive and or C positive and or HIV positive, and he contracts one of these potentially deadly viruses through an open wound or mucus tract. Enjoy your time in prison, lady. I doubt he would contract those off his shoulder, but I see where she's coming from with that comment. And Takora was aiming for the dude's mouth. Try Callan says, Nasty monster. Disgusting. Who raises someone to do something like this? Now, now, let's leave her parents out of this. I'm sure they wouldn't approve either. Mick loves 69 nice, adds, What a disgusting, vile creature. Just take her to the vets and have her destroyed. A lot of people hating on Takora here. There were also a couple, Girl, you ain't right. And girl, you nasty. Comments. But there were a couple on the lighter side. Simply, from New York, said, It surely is not the first time he's been pussy whipped. <laughs> and my personal favorite, and we'll end on this one, comes in from a bro named Chillin'. And he says, Hey, what's that cop complaining about? I pay good money for that kind of treatment. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 92, Menstrual Monstrosities. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. Oh, and ladies, I expect to be getting some awkward period stories in my DMs, please. For the Let's Get Criminal segment, of course. I'd love to hear them. And if you're embarrassed, we can always keep you anonymous, or you can give yourself a snazzy nickname. Speaking of Let's Get Criminal... Let's get criminal, criminal, I wanna get criminal, da 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 Okay, this confession comes in from a listener named Julie. Hey, Jules. And she says, Hey, Leroy, you said strange work experiences were allowed in the Let's Get Criminal confessions, and yay, I have one. I hope this makes the cut so I can knock an item off my bucket list. Oh, Jules. You must have a pretty sad-looking bucket list if sharing a story on this podcast is on there. But I appreciate that, and who am I to get in the way of your dreams? So let's do this. Jules goes on to say, I used to work as a waitress at a little restaurant called Anthony's. Shout out. The food was amazing, and the place was always packed. We had a lot of regulars, mostly good people, but there were a couple strange ones. One in particular was Romeo. That wasn't his real name, just the nickname we gave him because he was always flirting with the waitstaff. His favorite line, which he used on all of us, was beyond cheesy. He'd ask what the special of the day was. Then, after hearing it, he would say, Well, it's not as special as you. So stupid. He'd also have the typical lines like, Come here often? One time he asked me if I'd like a raisin. I politely declined, to which he responded, Then how about a date? Uh, no thanks, Romeo. Everyone would reject Romeo, but he never gave up, and eventually his persistence paid off. A new girl, Sheila, actually said yes to him. Unfortunately, we forgot to warn her about Romeo, and he got to her first. They went out on one date, and that was it. They went to see 40-year-old Virgin at the movies. 
Sheila said he kept trying to make out with her in the theater, and it was very awkward. Afterward, he convinced her to go to his apartment for a drink, and this is the part that really weirded me out. He had a tank of goldfish in his living room. She said, oh, these are cute. What are their names? He said, Rhonda, Steph, Jennifer, and Julie. That's the name of all of us waitresses at the restaurant. Romeo then said, I'm getting another one tomorrow, and I'll name it Sheila, just for you. She said she wasn't feeling well and got the fuck out of there shortly after. When I heard the news, I didn't know if I should be terrified or flattered. I think I was a bit of both. Not everyone is lucky enough to have a fish named after them. Love the show. You always brighten up my day. Peace. Ah, thanks, Julie. Romeo sounds like a real piece of work, but I'm sure he was harmless enough. Then again, I just finished watching the series on Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix. And he set that crazy bar pretty high, so maybe my crazy meter is a little off right now. I would be flattered if someone named their pet after me. So if anyone's going to name their dog, their cat, their rabbit, Leroy, I wouldn't be offended. And Leroy's one of those great names because it works for both males and females. (laughs) Am I right? Uh, Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com is the email. Send me your petty crime confessions or stories of awkward moments creepy co-workers, scummy customers, sleazy neighbors. As long as I find it entertaining, it will likely get played on the air. And like our friend Julie, you could potentially cross an item off your bucket list. I haven't done Patreon shoutouts in a while, so let's do that. Can I please have your attention as we induct the newest members into the elite group known as the Neighborhood Watch? Colleen D, Paula F, Kalisha T, Stephanie B, Scars R, Gina M, Tierra S, Luke A, Sarah T, and Nicole F. You are now sworn in members of the Neighborhood Watch. Let's sound those air horns to make it official. Thank you so much, my friends, for the support. It really means a lot. I'm a little behind over there right now, so I do apologize. I was on vacation, my kids keep getting sick, and they're home from school, and then I get sick. It's been brutal. But my bro Jack Luna and I are hooking up to record a fresh Luna bin and a How Bizarre, How Bizarre this week, and it's going to be a good time. Patreon.com slash excuse me, that's illegal. If you'd like to join up, there's a link in the show notes. That's all I got for you for now. But come meet me back here in 10 days, and I'll happily serve you up another hearty helping of softcore scumbaggery. Peace! Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.